This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the forensic files on your radio dial. My name is Scott, and have we got a great show for you tonight? No, we don't. Damn it, the phone is ringing again. Hits the request line. All right, let's pick it up. WRNRA, East of the Rockies. Hey, Breather, what's going on, man? You went to a concert, and the woman seated next to you brought her baby? And you caught a whiff of a full diaper? Oh, gross, man. What did you do? What do you mean it didn't bother you because you've listened to so many episodes of our podcast that you've built up an immunity to shitty assholes? Listen, you called the request line. Is there a song you'd like us to perform an autopsy on? Hit me with your best shot by Pat Benatar. You got it. All right, buckle up, gang. The subject of our rock and roll autopsy tonight will be Hit Me With Your Best Shot by 80s icon Pat Benatar. We'll get the show started after these very important messages from our sponsors. I'm having a problem with my daughter. She insists that rock and roll is here to stay. What do I know? Pat Benatar, Get Nervous on Chrysalis Records and Cassettes. This holiday season, give the gift of music. Breaking news! What is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. All right, gang, we've got our intrepid rock and roll beat reporter on the line, Rico Gnu with the Gnu's seven time silver sow award winner rico how are you sir? no i'm amazeballs how are you can we still use the term amazeballs is that still is that still okay no actually i got a memo about that the other day and we are to cease and desist using the term amazeballs oh shit all right i'm feeling pretty dope tonight how's that i know uh, dope. i thought dope was cool still no dope is out as well oh, um shit. What do the kids say these days? I have no I idea. Know. I don't know. How about I'm doing fine today, Scott? How are you this fine evening? Why, yes, Rico, I'm doing fine as well. Do you have any rock and roll good news? Why, yes. Why don't I disseminate some news information for you tonight? Um, how much do you know about the Download Festival? The Download Festival, didn't that used to be like Castle Donington or something? It was like the mother of all concerts over there and somewhere in Europe, right? Yeah, it's like the British version of Monsters of Rock. That, yeah. that was their that was their answer to Monsters of Rock. It's like this metal festival, right? Yep. So this year, at this year's metal festival, um, I'm gonna use her name. This is in Loudwire, published June twenty-seventh. I'm going to use her name because it's in the article. Um, her name is Lauren McCauley. She got a lot of flack because she was at the download festival with her 10 month old and she's catching and, and, and her 10 month old's name is Lemmy, by the way. Nice. Which is badass, right? So she's catching a lot of flack for being at this festival with her 10 month old. 
it's not quote it's not a safe environment for a small child a commenter reported there are too many drunken drugged up idiots around to risk a child's life it's a music festival right so so her response to this which i thought was pretty cool um she says listen i'm a, this is from the article I really like spending time with my kids, so I don't have a problem with taking her to a download festival. Some parents like leaving their kids and getting a break, but not everybody has that option. I could have, but I didn't want to. Um, she said there's lots of negative comments from people saying the festival is not, quote, fingers child friendly, but this year's download festival has literally created a child friendly area called the mini moshers where they had baby changing facilities and they had a tent and there she posted a picture of her and her baby with earphones on the baby had ear protection on inside of this tent that was this made for children and they played music for kids so they even had a child friendly area that they called the mini moshers so she was not the only one to bring her kid to the to this thing and yet she's catching flack for this um i think that's ridiculous i think um the kid had she, she even went out of her way to tell everybody that the kid has had copious amounts of sunscreen on too so the kid had sunscreen on ear protection there was a child-friendly area designed for kids so why not take your kid what's wrong well with that I can tell you, man, you can pretty much at that age, you know, your kid isn't going to remember. So if there's some broad in the audience showing her tits, kid's going to see it. Kid ain't going to remember. Kid isn't going to know what they see. If there's some dudes in the urine, you know, in the porta potty doing lines off the back of the toilet, kid might catch a glimpse of it. Not going to scar the kid for life. Kid's not going to remember it. You know what I mean? Precisely. If there's a fucking drunk couple bumping uglies in the crowd, you know, there's always one that's that's making out in the crowd. Some are just straight up fucking. If that's Every going time. on and the kid sees it, kid ain't going to remember it. Kid's not going to know. You can't scar a kid that doesn't even know what they're looking at. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. So the matter. only thing that you really have to concern yourself with, I think, here is are you going to do any hearing damage to a young child? right so if the kid's got something on his or her ears that's all right you know what i mean exactly now the other thing you have to worry about is mom how many beers is mom drinking at the festival is she smoking weed is she doing coke with those dudes in the porta potty you gotta make sure mom gets home all right because she is tasked with watching a small child if mom's doing okay and mom's minding her business and keeping herself under control enough level-headedness to allow her to care for her kid it's none of my business it's really I none mean, of my I business either way to be honest well with you. It, exactly the point i feel like she went out of her way to let everybody know that she applied per the appropriate amount of sunscreen on her kid and there is a picture posted with the child with ear protection on so if she went out of her way to make sure the child had ear protection she went out of her way to make sure the kid didn't get sunburnt i feel like she's responsible enough that she wasn't like doing blow or i mean maybe she was but um she appears to have been responsible enough to have been able to handle having her kid there. Does that make sense? And again, to your point, it's none of my goddamn business anyways. And all of these people who are spouting off about her, they have no business making one single comment. It's not their job to police her and her kid. Dude, one thing I never understood after becoming a parent is how everyone wants to comment on how everyone else parents. Oh, there's always advice that's thrown out everywhere. Isn't that annoying? Or just like whispering and gossiping and bullshit in the background, talking I shit. I never, and I'm no saint, dude, but has never partook in it. I don't give a fuck what people do or don't do with their kids. I got my hands full with my own. That's all I worry about. Honest to God, I don't give a shit what anybody else is doing with their kids. As long as their kids aren't, you know, robbing my house, I really don't give a flying fuck. So, so let me ask you this. Would you take either one of your girls to a download festival and don't, and, and I think, I think here, let me see how well I know your, you and your girls. I say, yes, 
you could take one and it would be the younger one would for sure go right it would just depend on who was playing if i got the feeling that they were going to be bored most of the time here's the thing is the most of the time in my brain i work up an idea of what i think would be really cool and we'd have fun doing it and then we go and do it and they're not having as much fun or it's not as cool as i thought it would be and it blows up in your face right yeah that's that's the most <laughs> likely scenario so if i took him to a concert i could see like a lot of complaining it's too hot i'm thirsty i have to pee i'm hungry it's too loud i'm bored i could see that being the day in which case i'm like uh fuck it why did i try you know what i mean so i could see that being the case but I don't. I'm tired of standing. I don't want to walk anymore. My feet you, hurt. You, you think you think that would be the case if you took them separately to one of those, or would that only play itself out if they were together to kind of feed off of each other? Probably. You're probably there is that feeding thing that happens. Yeah, but I think separately they would suck it up and be polite for dad. But if together, I think if one started complaining, the other would start complaining. See, so. I feel I feel like your younger one would like the evilness of the metal and would get into it a little more. Yeah, but download because she's, she's kind of demented like that. <laughs> Isn't download like one of those like all day Lollapalooza like twelve hour yeah. concert events? Yeah, yeah they, they but they it's got yeah, but they got other activities. They got the kid tent. They got the mini marshers. Yeah, they right? can only they can only do so many like Glenn Danzig coloring books. You know what I mean? It's they're easy to color just color everything black you only need one crayon <laughs> yeah, it's all black crayon <laughs> you only need one crayon oh shit that's oh, funny shit. all right anyways so yeah so leave her alone she's 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 just let her do whatever she wants it's her kid it's not anybody else's job to tell her what to do um so there you go that's my opinion on it um did you did you are you aware of this song that this final Beatles song that Paul McCartney's making. I am. Okay. So you, you heard when the story first came out that Paul McCartney had said that this, the song was going to be AI assisted uh, because they were going to use AI to, to uh, pull John Lennon's voice off of an older recording in in order to be able to use it on this new song right yes okay so uh, apparently he caught a shitload of flack for that because of you know ai and everything um and so he kind of backpedaled a little bit and this new article he says he this is again from loudwire my good friends at loudwire uh published on the 23rd so just a few days ago so he he kind of backpedaled a little bit and said that there was a little bit of confusion with regard to what he said so in clarifying things um there what he's actually saying now is they're using computers to extricate john lennon's voice off of an older demo to use it on a new recording so it's not ai but it's ai so the point is is He's catching flack for saying that AI is helping him make the song. So then he kind of backpedaled a little bit. And um, it, it appears as if AI is, is becoming more and more involved in music. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? This is kind of like Pro Tools, right? And, and, uh, and, and, click and like uh time corrections and shit this is no different than pro tools just on steroids so are you okay with that yeah i mean it's it's just a tool you know so to your point and it's it's gonna be used there's no getting around it um i think the beals already did this like in the 90s when they did their big anthology and there was the multi-part documentary series that was out on them they did the song free as a bird and they had to take some old performances that were on cassette and try to mix them in with some new performances. It's essentially the same thing, only in that yep. instance, the cassette was a cassette. And in this instance, it's, you know, a recording that you're using AI to, you know, assist with. Here's my thing. No one gives a fuck about this song. I don't. Okay. <laughs> 
So I don't care whether C-3PO puts the thing together or whether Teddy Ruxpin does. I don't care. No one cares about a fucking Beatles song when the band broke up in 1969 and it's 2023 and Paul McCartney's 80 years old and half the band is dead and all the fans who were there when the band was a functioning entity have also shuffled off this mortal coil or are about to. No one gives a fuck about this song. The only thing this song can do is diminish the Beatles' legacy, similar to Free as a Bird. Free as a Bird came out. It was I. It wasn't great. It's not something I've, I haven't listened to Free as a Bird since 1995. You hear it as a You know what it is, dude? It's a curiosity. So is the, a curiosity worth all the sturm and drang that this is pulling up? Or now I got to deal with another news item about AI. Is it really worth the sturm and drang that comes with it? Because it's a curiosity. No one gives a fuck about this. I don't well, know why he's I, doing I, it. Well, because, because of the technology. Because the technology is, is allowing to pull John Lennon's voice off an older recording and use it. This was not possible without quote unquote AI. And the only reason that people give a shit about this project is because of the term AI. If the term AI wasn't brought into this, then nobody would give a fuck. If he said we're using if if he was even asked about it and if he even chose to comment about it and said something to the effect of yeah we'd like we've done this before where we've used john lennon's voice in previous pros prog uh, projects and we're using computers in order to pull his voice off of an older demo in order to use it in a in in this new project if he had worded it that way we're using computers to help pull his voice off of an older recording instead of the ai thing nobody would give a fuck but because he said ai instead of we're using computers if, if he because he described it in the way of saying artificial intelligence now that's a big buzzword now because people watch the matrix and they, and and if we're not careful then robots are going to put us in the pods and and upload us into a computer right everybody's afraid of that and so um because he said ai now it's this big evil thing but i think at least I didn't know any of that, okay? What I thought it was going to do was I didn't know any of that until my newsman told me that just now, which is why you're the top news guy in podcasting. Because <laughs> um, it's just like on-the-spot, real-time educating that's taking place. Well, for me I too. Thought, <laughs> I thought initially what it was going to be was because you can do these AI simulations, right? Sing yeah. like Freddie Mercury, right? Yeah. And so I thought it was going to be that kind of thing where you're what using. What I think the, everybody did. I think everybody. The computer did. to emulate John, a, a facsimile of John Lennon, not yeah. simply using the technology yeah. to extract John Lennon's voice. I still don't want to hear the song. Okay. No, I don't care. I could care less about the song. And in fact, what you're saying is happening like uh in this article it says perhaps the most notable instance of ai capturing a listener base happened in april when an unauthorized ai voice song replicated drake in the weekend so this that that happened where an ai was used to replicate voices and not to extract voices from right. an already existing voice track this actually invented voice tracks that sounded like the people and then it went viral so people are afraid this you know our artists obviously for obvious reasons ai is going to create music it's it's like napster right it's the same thing unauthorized usage of my voice so everybody's afraid that ai is going to keep doing this and and people are going to generate stuff and it's going to go kind of like black market right um so i'm confused on to be honest with you because i thought what you thought i thought that um it was going to be used to replicate john lennon's voice for this recording and now they're now they're coming back and saying well that's not exactly what we meant what we meant is is the computer the a the quote-unquote ai is going to be used to extract the voice from an old demo and replay and repurpose it for a new recording so I'm even confused about what the fuck's really going to be happening here. Yeah, it's interesting, though, 
this idea that, you know, we've heard that like now with AI and these voice replication capabilities that, you know, we're going to get all new albums by Queen. We're going to get a new Doors record with Jim Morrison on vocals. We're going to finally hear Bon Scott sing Back in Black, you know, and we may. You, we may check and tick all those boxes. And I would love to hear Bon Scott sing Back in Black, by the way. But that may happen. And that's all yeah. well and good. But it's being discussed like this is some pot of gold for the record industry. And it may be for a window of time for bands that I care about. <laughs> because they're all <laughs> old. And the audience that gives a shit about hearing an AI Freddie Mercury, he's probably a bad example because he's a little more timeless, but even the Beatles, young people don't listen to the Beatles. 18 year olds don't listen to the Beatles. Rick Beato was in town whenever they, whenever, uh, for the last hall of fame induction and asked his Uber driver, who was a young woman in Cleveland asked her, do you know who Paul McCartney is? And she had no clue. So no, I mean, dude. young people. So my point is, if, no, if they listen to they listen to us talk about those bands. They don't listen sure to those do. bands. But but my point being though is that if there's going to be this massive cash in of all these deceased rockers, it had damn well better happen in the next five years because the audience for those the people who care about that are aging out of relevance and. I don't know that the people who care about those artists are going to care about any AI facsimile of them because we're all old. There may be people like you who do, you know, but I think the majority of older people aren't going to want to hear facsimiles of deceased artists. And to me, it has no marketability to young people who don't know who these people are anyway. So if, if, if the record labels are going to cash in on this, <laughs> they better do it now is what i'm saying so would you be so let's say let's say that it, that, that acdc has officially endorsed an ai album with post bond scott tracks with pop bond scott singing them in in album form would you would you pay money to buy that album let's say you it, would you, you see what i'm getting at would you buy that album if it was an ai album of bon scott doing post bon scott acdc well i don't buy albums anymore i just do the spotify thing but well, i would but you know what i mean theoretically right yes but i would listen to it out of curiosity would it you know, if I heard Bon Scott singing Back in Black, would it ultimately replace Back in Black for me? Probably not. I would probably just listen to it as a curiosity, which is all I think this Beatles song is, as a curiosity. It's just like a thought experiment that you can just, you can just give it a shot. I can't see me ever listening to it passionately. For one thing, because I'm sick of all those songs in general and don't listen to them recreationally anymore anyway. So... I can't see me ever being like, yes, a new version of Back in Black. No, I don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> you know, I don't ah, care who's singing it. True. You know what That's I'm saying? Very true. Oh, no, I, I told you. So I'm just it. saying like the shelf life and the audience and all of that is like coming together to in a moment when if they're really thinking this is some fucking pot of gold that the AI thing is opening up, I'm not entirely certain that it is in terms of getting extracting new money out of long deceased rock stars. I don't know that that's necessarily going to be a thing. Yeah, and I agree with you. If they're going to do it, like time's ticking. They got a really small window to do that. I, I totally agree with you on that one. But um, anyway, en enough about that. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about someone who has won multiple grammys four years in a row actually for best female rock performance between 1988 to 1983 oh and by the way she's got six fucking platinum albums so we'll be right back before you go if you like heavy metal and stories then you'll love battle of the bands the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history. Season 1 took in Megadeth versus Metallica, and Season 2 went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. 
It's like Business Wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit battleofthebandspod.com. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country, western, and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity, individualism, and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll, with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long past the sell-by-date asses on stage and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. All right, ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages, uh, we've got Pat Benatar. Hit me with your best shot off the album Crimes of Passion, released in 1980, Scott. It feels like it's a little more recent than that, but it's 1980, dude. This song comes in at a at a, at a a really efficient two minutes and 51 seconds. That's a little on the light side for radio, but uh, they like it around three and a half. But 251 is pretty cool, though. L- looks like label is uh, Chrysalis. Um, Eddie Schwartz, writer, producer Keith Olson. Hit me with your best shot, Scott. I want you to hit me with your best shot. Thank you, Rico. I'm not going to hit you. I'm a lover, not a fighter. It's rock and roll autopsy. We've got Pat Benatar joining us tonight. Welcome to the show, Pat. I don't think you've Welcome. been here before. Nope. First timer. Like Rico said, hit me with your best shot. Pat Benatar, rock and roll autopsy. The question is, the question that the people who tuned in this week want to know is did it kill rock and roll listen pull the curtain back here for a minute podcasting is hard man rico and i do this every week and a lot of times we're tired and don't even feel like doing it you don't know that on the listening side because we're so fucking professional and good at it but did i say we're so professional no, you said so fucking professional. And Did I? At it. Yeah, I thought I merged fucking and professional, and it just you became... know what? And if you did, it was on purpose. So don't don't question it. We're professional. We're. F- <laughs> <laughs> In other words, I think what Scott is trying to say is is we're so fucking good at this, and we make it sound so goddamn easy that none of you ought to ever try to do this on your own. Thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to get out, but I failed miserably. Listen, did it kill rock and roll? We've got proprietary science on our side. It's going to help us suss this out and get to the bottom of it. We've got five categories. They are gratuitous boomerism, excessive misogyny, wanton whiteness, malignant machismo, and culture vulturism. The lovely and talented Pat Benatar is with us tonight. The song, 1980. You're right. This feels like 85 to me, but it's 1980. Hit me with your best shot. Pat Benatar, the category, gratuitous boomerism. Rico, how do you score? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, she's she's she is a boomer. I don't think there's really too much of a question on that. Um, but I I I'm not gonna give her I you can give her the obligatory 0.5 if you want to. I'm gonna give her a zero because this is not like that. She she's one of my favorite badass rocker female rockers. Um, I can't say Pat Benatar without saying the word badass because she's just badass. She's always been badass and there's nothing boomer about somebody who's badass like she is. Not even this song. So for me personally, she's going to get a zero for this category. Pat Benatar, you're right. She is a badass. And what's funny is I was listening to the record today and it kind of sounds like at times like a heavy metal record with polite guitars. Absolutely. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, oh, I totally. It's it's got the the 80s electric guitar. It's a metal album with 80s electric guitars. Yeah, courtesy of Cleveland's own Neil Giraldo, her hubby. Absolutely. Did you know he was a Cleveland guy? Um, I think I did actually. And they have two daughters together, by the way. Parma High School. Yep. He's Go a Parma, Parma guy. Wow, that that even just makes it even better because you know people people around here kind of bag just to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit. So Parma gets bagged on, kind of like Parma's like the Jersey Shore of Cleveland, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, like yeah. So Parma gets kind of bagged on a little bit, but I have relatives that were from Parma, and I always thought Parma was kind of cool. It is kind of it is kind of greasy over there um from from a from a jersey shore kind of a perspective but that's fine by me i don't mind my my one of my favorite restaurants is in parma of all time so that's cool i think it's cool that he's from parma i like it so i can't speak to neil giraldo's fashion sense but parma <laughs> residents are famous for men wearing white tube socks up to the knees and sandals in the summer and putting <laughs> pink flamingos in their yard is a very Parma thing to do. That is correct. Back on point, Pat Benatar. Yeah, I'm going to score at a point five. She is a boomer, so I'm going to penalize her for boomerism, but I'm not going to level it up to a full one because of her general badassery transcends her generational generational uh disposition uh, okay <laughs> okay hey don't don't question what we're talking about you guys can barely understand our intellect so just try and just try and just try and hang on a little bit all right let's move on category two excessive misogyny and rico i have the lyrics available if you need to hear them i need to hear them well, you're one tough cookie with a long history of breaking little hearts like the one in me. That's okay. Let's see how you do it. Put up your dukes. Let's get down to it. Hit me with your best shot. Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. You come on with it. Come on. You don't fight fair, but that's okay. See if I care. Knock me down. It's all in vain. I get right back on my feet again. Vain and again, a little bit of a push with a rhyme there. Well, it, it depends on, you know, if you're one of those people that say again, or if you say it again, you know, it depends <laughs> you, on, you, you have it to depends go. on, it depends on how bougie you're feeling at the time you're singing this song. Well, indeed, you have to go with the ladder to make it work. How do you score Rico excessive misogyny hit me with your best shot? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of an anti-misogyny song, right? Um, so from, from that perspective, you know, you would think an anti-misogyny song like this ought to get a zero, right? But I'm, I, and I could be way off base here and I could be totally wrong for doing this. I'm going to do it anyways. She's going to get a 0.5 from me because she can I, I understand her point. I understand why she's doing this, but 
her song, this song is not like that. And everybody knows it. And this actually is a very empowering song for anybody, regardless of who you are or how old you are or what gender you are. This is a very, you know, buck up, Johnny, you can do this. It's, it's a very encouraging, empowering song. And for her to cave into public pressure because of the mass shootings that have been happening over the years, she said publicly that she's going to stop playing this, doing this song live because of all the mass shootings that have taken place. And she doesn't feel that it's right to, to be able to sing the lyrics of this song in light of the fact of all the mass shootings. And I think that's just wrong. She should keep singing this song because it is a very empowering song. It it gives the exact message that you would want to give in light of the mass shootings. And she gets a point five for me because she caved to to, to social and media pressure about the song, whether implied or or uh overt or or uh whether overt pressure or not she caved and decided not to do the song anymore so she's getting a point five. yeah in a strange way it could be a survivor's tale right i mean uh, absolutely there's no reason to stop doing the song and and should be sung actually so song meanings I, I go there every week now because I always dig up something good in the comments, some some brain food, if you will. When it's part of our it's part of our scientific method. What one person talks about is the opening line. Well, you're a real tough cookie with a long history. Do we ever refer to men as tough cookies? Um, or is that just an outdated kind of like almost like put up your dukes is a little outdated too. It's well, what my dad right. used there, to say. There, there is there is some outdated lingo in the song for sure. But what the person in the comments is implying is that you were a real tough cookie with a long history of breaking little hearts like the one in me. Is it possible person in the comments is just pondering? Is it possible that she's singing this song to a woman? Um, it is. It is possible, and someone's coming on to her. I, I think it's possible, but I don't think that's the case. And actually, as you were saying that just now, I kind of I'm connecting this song now in my brain to the song "Hell Is for Children." which is on this album. That song is about child abuse. Yep. And I feel like this song and that song are connected because perhaps this song is a song written to about somebody's father who has been abusive. And she's saying, I, you're not going to bring me down by all of your abuse. I'm going to keep taking what you're dishing and I'm going to keep on getting right back up again because I'm not going to let you get to me. So in light of the fact that she does another song called Hell is for Children on this album about child abuse, I feel like this song is kind of written in that vein. This song also has a line in it that we didn't read before I put another notch in my lipstick case. You know, men put notches on their bedposts for their sexual conquests, right? That's right. So is this the empowerment where she is? It's a little flip the script thing. You know, if if you reject the potential uh, homosexual overtones that the person in the comments on song meetings was implying and say, well, this is a heterosexual encounter where she's encountering a guy who has a history of conquests and breaking little hearts. And she's flipping the script and saying, ah, you're going to be a notch on my lipstick case. I'm not going to be a notch on your bedpost. Right. Certainly so a little bit of that at work. And then oh, let's yeah. go back to the tough cookie Rico. Yeah. Where, where are you at on tough cookies? Now, if I buy a box of chips ahoy i don't want my chocolate chip cookies to be super crunchy i like them when they come out of the oven and they're a little soft and let yeah, me tell I'm, you hold on yeah. a second let me lay this out for you in yeah, the no, 80s in the 80s when this song was popular if my mom brought home chips ahoy cookies do you know what i would do with them i know exactly what you would do you would lay them out and let them get stale so they'd soften up 
oh, here's what I would do with them. I wouldn't wait that long. I would pull the toaster out, the toaster that you put bread in like sideways. Yeah. And I would lay the cookies atop the slots on the top of the toaster, oh the two God, slots. I would lay them horizontally. I wouldn't place them in the toaster because they would get stuck and burn the kitchen down, but I would lay them horizontally across the slots on the top of the toaster. Then I'd, then I'd put the little lever down and let the toaster get hot and it would soften the Chips Ahoy cookies. So I didn't have to deal with a tough cookie. I could just eat a soft chocolate chip cookie like I really wanted, Rico. There's no room on this planet for tough cookies. Okay. Anybody who now I, I will make, I will make one exception on the tough cookie. My Oreo cookies can be crunchy. My Oreo cookies can be tough, but that's balanced out with the stuff in the middle. Right. Yes. So it's, it's, it's okay. But let's take Oreo cookies out of the picture because they've balanced that crunchiness. There's no room on this planet for crunchy cookies. I don't want to see it. I don't want to put it in my mouth. I don't want to chew it. If there's a crunchy one and I don't have a toaster available, I'm going to let them sit out till they get stale from sitting out and they're going to be softer and then I'm going to eat it. So I totally agree with you. But Chips Ahoy specifically are trash because if, if you don't soften that cookie, you take a bite, it's just dust in your lap like it just literally just disintegrates as you take that first bite the rest That's of the cookie right. it's just like the mummy it just disintegrates to like dust in your lap <laughs> you you bite it and it and it like if it, it, it's exactly it now what was the biggest win of the 80s scott soft, soft batch, batch. soft batch remember when soft batch came Fuck out yeah holy christ that was the best thing since sliced bread man that made cookie eating enjoyable again because you could pull them right out of the bag you didn't have to doctor them up you didn't have to go through this 18 step scientific process like we do here every week you could just open the bag and just stick it in your mouth and it's already chewy when you didn't have to risk burning your parents kitchen down because you were fucking around with the toaster like a moron at 10 years of age i mean dude eat the chips ahoy cookie it was like the way those things disintegrate because they're so dusty and dry, it's like a it's like a controlled building demolition. It just collapses <laughs> into a pile of rubble in your lap. It's, it's like it's like eating a piece of overcooked toast with no butter on it. You take a bite of it and it just turns into dust. It's exactly what nobody wants to do that. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're like 65 year old grandpa. Hey, when I used to eat toast, I didn't put butter on my toast. I used to burn it and then I would eat it dry. But you kids nowadays, you got to have soft cookies, don't you? See, only your, your old uncle Stan wants to eat hard cookies. Anybody who is under the age of 90 wants wants soft cookies and when soft batch came out it took all the thinking out of it and we can just enjoy i'm gonna score it a zero for excessive misogyny you had a 0.5 rico um i had a 0.5 that's right all right let's move on hit me with your best shot the yeah. category wanton whiteness rico how do you score um I mean, the style of it, this, this style of music is, it, again, we've talked about this before, that, that this is 80s pop metal, right? I call it pop metal. Can we call this pop metal? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so it's 80s pop metal, um, really white. It's, it's, a, it's white. The, the subject matter isn't necessarily white. I think the subject matter transcends. Um, but the the mute the style is white and I I gotta I gotta meet halfway I gotta go 0. 0.5 because it is very white but it's not all the way because of the subject matter of the song um, so I'm just gonna find a sweet spot at a half point on this one yeah um, I would score it the obligatory 0. 0.5 as well but I feel like you did that and I don't want to excessively punish the songs i just don't really think it's that guilty if you will it is some some white ass shit i mean it, there's no question about it. it it hails from the although it predates hair and pop metal it really does it really like, does pop metal didn't really even become a thing until like 83 84 
But so it's kind of in a way, maybe this factors in later when we get to culture vulturism, but this record, I mean, you talk about hell is for children. That's a metal song, man. Holy cow. But, um, but this record has some early kind of like proto pop metal moments on it. Um, wanton whiteness. Yeah. It's a 0.5, but I don't want to, I don't want to double up on where you're at. So I'm just going to score. No, you know what? Science. I got to score at a 0.5 as well. Dude, man, there's there's no there's no room. It's, it's good. There's no room for opinions in this podcast. This is hard science. Yeah, I was trying to take my foot off the gas there. I didn't. I, I love Pat. I didn't want. She's a Hall of Famer. Didn't want to penalize her. But then I looked over at the side of the stage and I saw her husband with the white tube socks and the sandals and the pink flamingos surrounding his <laughs> Marshall stack. And I was like, all right, I can't. I can't abide this. All right, let's move on. Category four. <laughs> malignant machismo hit me with your best shot rico how do you score again i can't refer to pat benatar without referring to her as a giant badass okay she's got badass machismo she's got she's like she's like the female james james hetfield here in my opinion She's got like Hetfield stance machismo, except it's in her own badassery way, right? So she's got female badassery machismo. I feel like if I give her a point one for that, it would be penalizing her. But in this case, I think it's cool as fuck. So she has it. So I've got to give her something other than a zero. But to me, it's not something she should be penalized for. So I'm only going to go a half point on this one. Yeah, she's got, I was watching some videos and man, she's got just command of the stage when she's yeah. up there. She's owning the stage, you know, with, she's got swagger. We've talked about swagger with machismo, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, women can rock too. And she's, she's proof of it. Um, You talk about the song and not playing it anymore because of the um, how she sees it as her opportunity to protest the, you know, all the school shootings that have been an epidemic in this country for too long. Um, you know, in that sense, there is like this kind of like in the the way she's challenging the listener, right? I mean, it's, it's a take no shit kind of hit me with your best shot. Fucking punch me, man. Fire away. My chin isn't made of glass. It can take it. Right. So this song is like, it it's oozing masculinity, but coming from the super sweet female vocal, this, this tiny, but powerful stage presence in this amazing, uh, front woman who's got command of the stage. I mean, this should be a solid one when you read the lyrics with the exception of, I don't know if there's anything macho about tough cookies or lipstick, but <laughs> it should be a solid one. But uh, I, I just girl power, man. I'm going to give her a zero on this one. Yeah. I mean, that's a good call. I, I didn't want to do a full one because I felt like I was penalizing her for something that is actually a compliment you know what i mean what's funny though to me is um this these lyrics i think are you know about love right or you know people who use other people who have sexual conquests those kind of things right, right then she's right. got love as a battlefield and she's got heartbreaker so a lot of songs about relationships and love right mm -hmm. i had to tell you dude as a middle-aged guy who's just like just fighting to cobble together a survival week to week, stringing together paychecks month to month, <laughs> trying to keep a roof over my head and keep kids fed. And man, love to me is like the most unrelatable <laughs> song topic imaginable. <laughs> I think about when I was a teenager and like I cared about love because man, I had a crush and like it mattered. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this yeah. This girl's going to break my heart, you know, and you can relate. Obviously, all of a sudden we turn the radio on every song about love is like instantly speaking to you, right? That's right. It's your challenge. It's your battle, man, because 
your heart man it's like you're really into this chick you know like it gave you the feels and shit right yeah and now it's like married over 20 years kids it's like man you don't there's no room for love in a 20-year marriage no it's not anything i think about (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like the most it's like almost the most unrelatable topic i mean she might as well be doing like an iron maiden and be singing about alexander the great or something because it like has no relevance to my life whatsoever you know it's like when i hear all these love songs on the radio i'm like all i can think to myself is are you independently wealthy do you not have any like any other challenges to sing about in life your fucking heart your heart that's the problem come on yourself your heart there's no room in this world for heart okay let's just get that straight hard scrabble shit here man too busy trying to to keep the fucking lights on man trying to keep ai from taking my job our jobs All right, let's move on. Category five. Hit me with your best shot. Pat Benatar, welcome to the show. You are, can we just say it finally? She's 70, but Pat Benatar back in the day. Come on, we're red blooded American men. Can we say it? She's fine, dude. Fine. Fine. Especially when she had got that anger thing going on, man. Yes. Even hotter. I mean, I was watching a video of her singing the song, and when she said, put up your Duke, she like pumped her fist like Billy Idol, and she even did the sneer, the 80s Billy yes. Idol curled lip thing, and I was like, man, she's sexy as balls. And then I read that, you know, she always wore like spandex and shit on stage, and I thought, well, that's just an yep. 80s thing. Did you see that story on Wiki? I sure did. Yeah, one of her yep. early gigs, she was dressed as like a cat for Halloween, right? And just wore yep. the Halloween costume on stage and it stuck, you know. That's right. All this all the all the spandex that she has worn throughout her entire career came from a Halloween idea from a Halloween costume. Oh my gosh. Imagine if I had any talent and I was like on stage in, in a Halloween costume. It'd be like you know, what did I go as in school? I remember one year I went as like a robot where my mom took a cardboard box and shoved it over me and drew like circles and shit on it for buttons, you know? Yeah. I actually did one year. I actually did the Charlie Brown thing where I was a ghost with a fucking white, the white sheet thing over me because it was easy. That's a legit gimmick, man. You'd be like sleep token. Now you can just take the stage and that shit. <laughs> Category five culture vulturism rico how do you score yeah again i think we both uh lamented at earlier in this podcast how surprised we were that we were reminded that this came out in 1980 and not in the mid 80s because it sure does sound like it's a few years ahead of its time doesn't it yeah indeed yep and so because of that there's no gosh this this album coming out in 1980 again i'll say it is several years ahead of its time um she she is one of the original og female rockers i mean you know i would say Anna and nancy wilson and maybe all the way back to you know maybe they're the ogs but that's more classic 70s rock right but as far as creating her own pop metal kind of a prototypical female rocker scene thing she's one of the ogs and there's nothing vulturism about that again i feel like she was way ahead of her time um especially with all the girl power shit that she always sang about so this is clearly going to be a zero for me yeah and what's i wonder if mtv is fucking us up because when did mtv come around 83 and i remember Um, as a kid seeing this song on mtv a lot it was it was not it was i still lived in florida i moved back up in 82 and i still lived in florida when mtv came up because my cousins in east naples got mtv but in north naples where i lived we didn't get mtv so it was on so mtv was a thing i think it was 80 i think 82 is when it came out i think it was 82 i remember seeing this video on mtv so you know oh what was that that was kind of weak actually it was weak, but it had a weird flavor too. Yeah, but I mean, it was you kind of it kind of petered out halfway, and then you kind of had to force yeah. the rest of it out. And it was, I mean, it probably accomplished what you wanted to do it accomplish, but 
you got to do better next time. It had a subtle like barbecue potato chip taste because what's your what's your go-to barbecue chip i don't have a go-to but my wife buys all these little tiny bags so that the kids when they go on like camping or swimming or something a quick lunch pack thing you toss a tiny bag in and every once in a while i'll steal one of the kids tiny bags of chips and i did that before the podcast can you explain to me who in their right mind thinks that that little tiny bag is remotely satisfying yeah, not even my kids who are tiny human beings think that. They know. I that. mean, first of all, it's your typical potato chip scenario where three quarters of the bag is air. Yeah. So you open this little teeny micro bag and there's probably about five or six chips in there. And they expect it, that's not even enough to be a side dish. Like, Dude. I feel like three of those might be a side dish, right? Yeah. And they were all busted up. Hear me out. Sunday. Yeah. We finally had some decent weather because we're in Northeast Ohio, so it's been nothing but miserable every fucking day of the summer. But we finally had some decent weather on Sunday. So we went swimming and my wife, God bless her, packed me a lunch, but she packed me the same lunch that the kids got. I'm dead. You're laughing. I'm dead serious. Rico, I had an (laughs) uncrustable. (laughs) You know what an uncrustable? It was like little tiny. I love those, but like six of them. (laughs) You're right, because like they're literally two bites. And kill me, I'm not 10 years old. I want the crust. But anyway, so my lunch was an uncrustable, one of those bags of chips she tossed in there, the teeny tiny bags of like, you know, lunch lunch chips. Unbelievable. She gave me an apple. Okay. And I had a water bottle. So the entire time, the same bullshit the kids got. So the entire time we were swimming, I'm not kidding. I was starving and I'm yeah, like you burned through that shit in about five minutes. Yes. Cause you're playing in a pool. I was fucking starving, dude. And my, you're like home. a grown ass adult man, man. Like if <laughs> yes. you're going to, if, okay. If I'm forced to eat the same thing, my kids are eating, then, then give me more than one of them. Okay. I, I need, I, I need three or four of them to even <laughs> We can we can start the negotiations at three or four, probably, right? Yeah, I am a large oh mammal. I am like you could take like four of my kids, and it equals like one of me. You know what I mean? But I'm eating the same oh goddamn God. lunch they are when it's like 85 degrees, and I'm swimming for four oh hours. I'm starving, dude. That's weak sauce. <laughs> Fucking tiny chips. Anyway, if I had a Chips Ahoy cookie that day, I could have just laid them on the pavement at the pool and they would have gotten nice and soft in like 30 seconds. And it would have been perfect eating after that. Oh, fuck yeah. Anyway, culture vulturism. Yeah, there's none here, man. Trailblazer, rock and roll hall of famer. Like I said, when I listen to this record, I hear hair metal records and pop metal records that are going to come out four years later. You know what I mean? So total zero on that. All dude, right, Rico. Si- dude, six platinum albums. Six amazing platinum yeah. albums. And and That's crazy, from- crazy great numbers in Canada, too. I noticed when looking at her uh sales figures. Well, that's because Canada is also badass. Everybody knows how much I love Canada. So yeah, six platinum records, tons of hits, no culture vulturism here. I'm scoring yep. it a zero. Rico, what have you got, bud? All right. Uh, let's see. I've got one point five points. One point five, and I've got one point for a total of two point five. Precisely where the yeah, precisely where this song should land. This song contributed to rock she contributed to rock she's badass this song's badass this album is badass her career is badass there's nothing not badass about her except for the fact that she's not doing this song anymore that's not badass but there's too many badasses to overcompensate for that one not badass by far yeah play the song it's a it's it's your number one uh song on spotify it's got the most streams the people want it no one's it's troubled em- by yeah, it. it it's it's a survivor man. song it's empowering yeah. give those those uh those young folks who have to deal with all this bullshit this is a good message this it is a good message uh, if if anybody 
if there's like six degrees of separation and somebody who's listening this has a fucking link to her somehow tell her that our science says that she should continue to perform this song because it is an empowering song it's a survivor song this is the exact message that everybody needs in this dumpster fire of of a world that we live in right now this is precisely the message we need you're on fire and by the way um we don't need any connections. Neil Giraldo, being from Cleveland, is true. I'm sure, like all Northeast Ohioans, avid listeners to our podcast, and he'll, yeah, he'll because pick up on this. That's true because we all stick together. Us Northeast Ohioans stick together. We do. So I'm sure he's listening. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go raid the pantry and eat about 30 of those tiny bags of potato chips so I can <laughs> so I can equal one. Like, you know, those bags they put by the checkout when you're leaving the grocery store, <laughs> you need 30 bags just to equal one serving. If you look on the, the nutritional information, in the back of the bag, the serving size is one thirtieth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I tell my wife that all the time. I'm like, you realize I'm a large mammal, right? I mean, I can't eat like a salad, you know, I can't. I can't did you ever, it. did you ever ask her what her rationale was? with giving you one uncrustable and and one <laughs> micro bag of chips did you ask her about that ever don't forget the apple i got the apple oh that's right was it what what kind of apple was it oh this is a fuji house dude oh that, good 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 call I, I thought she would go the whole nine and give you a red delicious apple <laughs> no those are trash come on they, you don't do those no because the, the the skin is awful man you ever tried yes that? and who wants a mushy apple fuji's no, are the God. only way to go man yeah fuji's and honey crisp i think are yeah goddamn right man i take my apples seriously and I, you know oh, what yeah. else i do when i eat my apples is i always give a bite to the dog Oh, that's a good call, dude. Dude, your your dog is just I, I would do that too. So yeah, I share Bolt, I share my bananas with Bolt, I share my apples, and he also likes bell peppers. Well, what you're doing is is by giving by sharing your food, you're hopefully preventing him from eating his own poop. <laughs> I don't give I don't give him I only give him some fruit and some vegetables that's veterinary approved i do not give him table scraps he's not eating spaghetti he's not no, eating no, no. fucking lasagna no, no no fruits and vegetables are definitely are doggy approved for sure yeah, for they're sure. good for the dogs and and who knows man and when i look down at his turds when i'm walking him and i clean him i see carrots in there it's appetizing hey man i mean it's like beef stew you know like 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 a like a no like you know like your old like your like your old auntie uh, uncle stan's wife um would make the meatloaf with the big giant pieces of carrot in it yeah are you a, are you a meatloaf did you are do you like meatloaf with big chunks of carrot in it or does it have to be plain jane uh no i'll do it with big chunks of carrot i'll tell you what else i'll do with meatloaf i'll fucking cut a slab of that off cold out of the fridge and put it on bread and eat it man meatloaf sandwich cold meatloaf sandwich dude i don't know who's taking the meatloaf out of the refrigerator the next day and warming that shit up if you are you are wrong man yeah. you should never be heating up leftover meatloaf you should be eating that shit cold on two pieces of white ass wonder bread <laughs> that's the only way to eat that shit maybe put in a little bit more ketchup on there just yeah to send it home yeah heat up heat up leftover meatloaf come on man what about spaghetti do you heat up leftover spaghetti fuck no cold dude cold <laughs> cold 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 pizza cold spaghetti cold meatloaf cold. yes all right what about have you ever taken cold spaghetti and put it on a slice of bread and had a cold spaghetti <laughs> cold spaghetti sandwich yeah i have actually i have too i've done that before. <laughs> you ever and put you know tabasco was, on it uh, or red hot oh totally dude i put that shit on everything right <laughs> 
Well, you know what I'm into now? Uh, T- Tabasco has that uh, the sriracha now. Nice. Yeah, so so I go in the other aisle, the next aisle over from the Franks in yeah. the international section. Yes. International, and I get the Tabasco sriracha style, and I put that shit on everything right now. Yeah, that's the bomb, dude. But you know what sriracha does to me, though? It, it sriracha's your asshole, right? Yeah, hot snakes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you take that dump and it's hot snakes. Oh, hell yeah, man. It shit burns, man. Yeah. It's worth it, though. It's worth it, though, right? <laughs> They're like those 4th of July snakes you light on the ground. <laughs> the, the, the black ones that. Yes. <laughs> it's coming out of your asshole after eating the sriracha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rico. Oh, my God. All right. right. This has been Rock and Roll Autopsy. We'll see you next week, gang. Good night now. Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah. Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. You guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs>